What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Self Made Web Designer Podcast. So good to have you here with me this week, along with a lot of other people. It's been super exciting to see the self-made web designer audience grow. I'm getting great feedback. There's more downloads every single week. And you know what? It's because of you. It's because of you guys spreading the love, sharing the word, telling your friends, and giving me good feedback as well. I love what Jake had to say on an Apple podcast review. He said, Chris is doing some amazing things for people to get out of the normalcy of struggling in a field they don't like and showing them web design is something to chase after. And I hope that is your story as well. I hope that you find this podcast helpful in your journey. And hey, I'd love to hear from you. Subscribe, leave a rating, leave some feedback, and let me know what you think of the show as well. This week, we have an awesome guest named Patrick Antonozzi. He runs Rapid web launch. He's got a blog, he's got a podcast, and he also runs a web design business, and he's been doing a phenomenal job at it. Patrick had such great insight for us this week, everywhere from how to build your web business with SEO, as well as how to get reoccurring income from the clients that you are serving and building their sites for. I know that you're going to love what he had to share with us, and it is coming up right now. Patrick, thank you so much for being on the Self-Made Web Designer Podcast with us today, man. Happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself, some of your background, and the journey to where you are today. Yeah, so I'm the owner of Rapid Web Launch, my own little web design firm. I started it back in about 2013. I was doing window cleaning at the time and I was wanting to get into some line of work that offered a little more freedom, a little more uh, location independence as the popular term goes. I think that was, I started to hear a lot more about that, uh, the rise of the digital nomad. And I liked doing things online. I didn't have any experience with web design, but I did a little research into what lines of work could meet those goals, the whole idea of location independence and controlling my own income. And web design seemed to make the most sense. And by that time, the web design industry had started to really get democratized. There are a lot of different types of website builders. It wasn't nearly as uh, complicated to get into because I had dabbled a little bit when I was a teenager, but there was all like custom coding and HTML and CSS, and I just did not enjoy it. I, was, I did not enjoy coding at all. So I kind of just dropped it. But by then, around 2013, there's all kind of website builders like Weebly, Wix, Squarespace, all those. So I just started dabbling and I ended up falling on Weebly. And over the next few years, I just spent a lot of time practicing, reading blogs, watching YouTube videos, toying around, this and that. And I slowly grew the thing as a side gig while I was doing window cleaning. And then... A couple of years later, maybe around 2015, it had grown big enough that I was able to pursue it full-time as a full-time income. So I dropped my window cleaning business and yeah, went all in on Rapid Web Lunch. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And such an inspiring story, doing something in your free time long enough to get it to where you're like, hey, I can do this full-time. And I think a lot of people that I've talked to were web developers back in 2008, 2009, who 
are really negative towards these website builders that have come into popularity even more so since then. But in my experience, it's actually opened up a whole new crew of people to find success like yourself doing website builders and creating websites for clients that way. So talk a little bit about that, because I'm sure you probably have heard the backlash as well of how <laughs> web design is a dying industry and don't waste your time. So what would you say to those people? So the first piece of backlash, I guess I get is the website builder aspect. For sure. I, I totally get their side. Like you said, guys have started in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. They look at these website builders that have come up and they their skills far surpass what these website builders are offering. There's definitely an element of, I look at it as like the way the taxi industry and Uber, like technology advances and with it comes new user experiences and new customer experiences. And Technology advanced, the internet progressed, and these tools came out and it made building websites easier. That is the reality. But it didn't mean that everyone everywhere could just throw up a website. You still had to understand and learn the fundamentals of great web design. So the technical stuff doesn't matter as much anymore. You don't have to code to build a nice website. And Pretty, and a lot of people build from template now. It's just the way it is. But you still have to know how a website works, how people interact with a website. You still have to understand how Google works, how uh, user experience works. That's the crucial stuff. Understanding and learning that is what matters, less so the technical side. So I started with Weebly. And I, I was honest, I offered Weebly website design for small businesses, fast and affordable web design. And I grew it from there. A lot of people will say, oh, you can't rank a website, a Weebly website in Google. That's not true. I did that. It's still, again, it's the, even Google doesn't rely as much on the technical aspects of SEO. It's getting smarter. It wants to feed the best content to answer their uh, users' questions and queries. So I would definitely, I'm not concerned about the tool side of it at all. And so I, I, even though I started with Weebly, as my skills progressed, I did eventually uh, move on to WordPress and I use Elementor as part of my integration with WordPress now. With the introduction of so much accessibility to web builders, the, the increase of supply of web designers went up. So how would you encourage somebody who's looking at everything and going, man, there are so many web designers out there who are potentially thinking about getting started. How would you encourage them to differentiate themselves from the rest of the pack, from all the other people who are doing what would seem to be the exact same thing? That's always the challenge, right? They're, so with the with web design becoming more accessible than ever, that means there's more competition than ever. And really that comes down to knowing yourself and your abilities and selling yourself because web design, it's really not that different than any other industry. When you When you have a business, your own business, you are selling yourself. People buy from people. There's tons of people out there that can throw up a website and say, I make... Uh, beautiful, affordable WordPress websites. How do you differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack? Now, for me personally, I believe that it really all comes down to producing content, putting yourself out there and showing potential leads and clients who you are, what your interests are, and that you know what you're doing. So that's exactly how I grew Rapid Web Launch. I found a niche that a lot of other, that I didn't find anywhere else. A lot of people talked about building professional websites for small businesses, even saying affordable, but I didn't see anyone saying fast. No, I didn't see a lot of competition around the keywords for fast web, web design. So 
I was like, okay, well, that's low competition, super niche. Let's see if I can find my way into that little niche of web design. And so I, I put it out there. I said, I can put out a website in 24 hours, like super fast. And that's what got me started because you found, I found guys who they would Google fast web design because they needed a website up as quickly as possible. The professional aspect, the affordable aspect wasn't as important. They needed fast. My, one of my first biggest clients was a media exec in Canada. He was let go because of some media report scandal. I couldn't quite remember, but all of a sudden he found himself without a job and he's a high level exec, like all over the news. So he's like, he contacted me is like, I need to put out a website, like a resume website for me. I wanted to, to present myself to get a new job as quickly as possible. I got his, and he sent me his resume. I took all the information he had and built it within 24 hours. It was live. And within a few days, he got a job as the chief marketing officer of Sprint. And then he became my biggest testimonial. So right away, I'm like, oh, I, I got to get a few words from this guy. Because now you put chief marketing officer of Sprint as a testimonial on your website, instant credibility for anyone else that comes and lands on your site. I guess if I had to sum it up, I would say, try your best to find a niche within the web design industry, something that's less competitive, the more specific, the better, and then produce content like write blog posts, make videos, do a podcast. It sounds cliche, but it works. And a lot of people are afraid to do it because, you know, I've never written a blog post. I've never produced. You're going to, you're going to be terrible at first. If I could show people the first blog posts I wrote, it, it's just horrendous. Like there's a reason why I wiped them off the internet, <laughs> but that's just the reality. And you'll only get better as time goes. And people, all of my clients that find me now find me through this content through the, because it ranks through Google and they all say how much they appreciate how my writing shows my personality. I feel like it feels like I'm speaking to them. And so like even little things like I'll include in a web design blog post that I'm like a fan of the Montreal Canadians. And people notice that stuff. They're like, oh man, I'm a Habs fan too. And then, and that creates the human connection. And it's just a seemingly small thing, like just mentioning you're a fan of a sports team. But yeah, niche and personal connection through content. That would be my two biggest recommendations. I love the idea of putting yourself in your personality into the things that you're creating. Because something I encourage people that ask me how to get into web design is the one key differentiator that separates you from the rest of the pack is you. It's your personality. It's your likes. It's your interests. It's how you're going to connect with somebody. So if you're creating a real stale and bland freelance web design business or whatever it is that you're doing, then people are going to have a hard time connecting with you. So I, I, I want to go back to what you mentioned about being able to build a website within 24 hours, because I'm sure people right now, like their jaws are dropped and they're wondering how you're able to build websites so quickly. So from the get-go, were you creating websites within 24 hours or is that a process that took a long time? And how did you get there to be able to do something like that? Not everyone needs their website in 24 hours. So for some people, fast is a few days or within a week. Because the reality is most websites, especially back then, most web designers would take, oh, this is going to be two or three weeks. So people have different definitions of fast. The reality is within 24 hours, I only had to produce maybe two or three sites within 24 hours. And I always made it clear, as long as you can provide me with all the content that you need. Because one of the biggest challenges, as web designers know, is getting the content from the client. Everyone wants a website, but they're like, oh, I don't really know what to put in it. So I always was clear, if you have all the content, 
send it all to me and I can get something live within 24 hours. And obviously it's within reason. If they send me pages upon pages of content and it ends up being a, a 10 or 15 page site, that's not going to get up in 24 hours. But something like this individual who and the CMO of Sprint, he just needed a simple resume site. So it was only two, two pages, maybe three with a contact form. And he had all the content ready to go. So definitely depends highly on the client's uh, readiness. And then the other aspect is the website builder aspect is a lot of the technical stuff that used to take up time is just automatically done or it's a much simpler process. Let's talk a little bit about getting what you need from clients because I know that is a, a sore spot for a lot of web designers is like they've got a website ready to go. They just need feedback or to check off from the client or from whoever's heading up the project. So what has been your method to be able to get that from clients so you're not bottlenecked just waiting on interaction with you? So my clients are almost all small business owners. Most of them don't know anything about websites or online marketing. That's why they're coming to me. So I always say, just send me all the content you have about your business. So if you have flyers, brochures, any imagery you have, any copy for anything you have, send it to me. Just help me get a better understanding of who you are and what you do. And then once they do that, I say, okay, now just try to, I give them two options. I say, I could produce the content. Obviously it'll be a, a higher quote, higher price because it takes longer. Uh, like the copy and stuff. If they want to do it themselves, I ask them, okay, just at least give me a rough outline. So tell me about who you are, what you do, who's your ideal visitor, and then I can work around that and I can write the copy. So for me, I try to be as flexible as possible because I know my typical client doesn't have that content ready and doesn't know what to do. Yeah, basically send whatever content you can have, give me a rough outline. I'll, I'll work my magic, so to speak. So what about situations where you're just waiting for the client to give you some feedback and for whatever reason, they're having a hard time getting back to you or then maybe they've ghosted you. Have you ever experienced that? And what did you do to counteract it? I've definitely experienced that. I try to avoid sending emails as much as possible because we don't need more emails and we've become numb to them. If you're waiting on a client to send something and it's two weeks later and you say, Joe, here's just a follow-up. It's easy to ignore. So honestly, I've, I made an effort to just pick up the phone and call them, just see how things are going. And I always lead with, is there anything I can do to make the process easier, to make this easier for you? What's your biggest challenge? And that completely reframes the whole thing. It takes a lot of the pressure off for them, but yeah, I would, I, and I don't even, I'll admit, I don't like talking on the phone. <laughs> it's not my first choice, but especially in this day and age, with being bombarded by emails and texts and information, pick up the phone, call them and see how, focus on how you can help and make it easier for them. You mentioned writing content and, and putting things out there as a way to attract attention online. So somebody coming at this brand new and wondering what type of stuff can I put out there? What should I be talking about? Should I do YouTube? Should I do a blog? Should I start a podcast? How would you help somebody determine what the best avenue is and the best method for producing content would be to draw in potential clients? The first step would definitely be very clear about what your goal is. Who are you trying to attract? What are you trying to offer them? What's your value proposition? What are you selling them? So 
you got to think about where your ideal visitor is then after that. Are they spending time reading on blogs? Are they spending more of their time on YouTube? Are they consuming podcasts? As a lot of that stuff is, sim- is simply uh, generational. Like the reality is not a lot of people read much anymore. All the content's gone into what we're doing now, video and audio. And there's so much content out there. So definitely get having a clear in mind what who your ideal customer is, what your objective is. So when I did it, I knew I needed to get traffic to my website. And at the time, blogging was still, through my research, was one of the best ways to do that. So I started thinking, okay, what kind of content is going to improve my Google rankings and draw people to my site? And a lot of it, so I had to focus it around web design. But as I grew, I started realizing more than just having blog posts about a certain web design tips and tricks here or there, even simple things. I started actually recreating content around how to start a web design business because oddly enough, as if you're looking for a web designer, even if you put out all the tricks and, and tips, you use everything, your whole blueprint, like this is how you do it. 95% of people will, will consume it and won't bother taking action. So a lot of people are concerned about, oh, I don't want to let my trade secrets out there or whatever. Like I'm, gonna, I'm just creating more competition. That's not how it works. All it does is prove that you know what you're talking about, that you have the skills and abilities so that when someone comes along, when they try to build their own website, they're like, oh, I don't have time for this. And I'll just ask this guy to do it because they're already there. So that is in the beginning how I drew a lot of new leads in because they, I created content around how to build your own website through Weebly, how to do it easily. But even that was just like, oh, this is too daunting. Would you mind doing this for me? How much would it cost? So let's talk a little bit about getting good referrals from clients. Because you mentioned that first one of those first clients that you had gave you a lot of good references and that really helped you along the way. And I know getting good customer reviews or feedback is awesome, but sometimes it can be a lot harder than I think what some other people might realize. Like I've found myself in this situation where I'm consistently trying to get some feedback or get a review or have somebody post something on Google for me, like it's tended to be difficult. So what have you found that has made it easy for your clients to give you feedback or to refer you to other people? I found Google Maps, Google Business Reviews, they call them now, crucial. The more reviews you get, the more good quality reviews you get, it, it pushes your rankings, especially locally, it pushes your rankings way up. So I need, I realized I need to get more Google reviews, Google my business. So I started doing research and I was like, how, cause it's the same thing. You ask for reviews, people are too busy. They want to, and they're like, oh yeah, I'll get around to it. And they just never do. And I, and I found it was just too complicated of a process. I looked into the step-by-step process of what it takes to actually write a review on Google my business. And it was a pain. It was like six or seven steps and people just don't have time for that. So I found a a little hack um, where you can literally take a link and send it to a client and all they have to do is click the link and then they'll not only go directly to your Google My Business page, it'll pop up the box for review. And literally all they have to do is click five stars, write a few words. And so what I did is I just took that link and I sent it to all my current client base and every new client, every new website I make, I just tell them. If you loved my work, I would really appreciate uh, a review. It really helps me to get new clients. And 90% of my clients just sent me a review. 
That's such good insight. I don't even think I knew about the little link that you could send to people. So I'm going to have to try to find one of your blog articles. So you've mentioned you have a blog post um, that talks about finding leads and nurturing leads. And one thing you say is that you actually don't encourage people to cold call or cold email. So talk a little bit about that. What's your process look like and how do you coach people to figure out how to find people that would be interested in hiring you as a web designer and then nurturing them long enough to actually be able to do it? Obviously, it's extremely challenging, especially with web design. Everyone has gotten a call from a call center in India, or I can't tell you how many spam emails I get from SEO agencies or someone saying they saw something broken on my site when it's really just sent to hundreds of different sites. So that's the challenge you have is when you start doing that, how do you stand out from that? And how do you show that you're legit? And people have become so numb to it. Like I, I just personally think email in itself is a dying marketing tool. And it, I think it, it drives me crazy that people are so obsessed with email newsletters still. And I have a whole little rant about that. I just think the percentage, the open rate and the success rate on that is so minuscule that there's so many other better ways to communicate with your leads and clients. So I basically said, listen, if you're going to cold email someone, have something for them. Don't just say, hey, I noticed something on your site. I can fix this for get in touch if you're interested. So what the, my strategy, what I did was I would go into, again, Google Maps, local businesses, everything, all the businesses are listed there for you. And it shows you whether they have a website. If they don't have a website, I actually skip that one. I go to the ones that have websites, but they're terrible because I can click on their link. I see the site. It hasn't been, it was made in like 1998. All the content is there. I pull the content from the site and all I do is make a, a new homepage, just one page. I don't redesign the whole site, but I, I make a simple homepage, redo it for them. And I, and then I send them a preview. I'm like, listen, here's what I think you can do with your site. More than that, I did it already. Here you go. And people check it out and all, this is awesome. And because you've already distinguished yourself, like you, you put in the work and you showed them a tangible thing, what it can look like if they hire you. And you don't get everybody, but you get a, I got like a success rate of maybe 25, 30%. And for me, that's amazing. Like the, the amount of time you invest into building the pages more than pays off because you end up getting three out of 10 to sign up as a client. So is that what you're doing today? Or do you find yourself getting a lot more referrals and you're not necessarily having to go look for leads? Yeah, no, at this point, I don't, all my leads come in through SEO that people find me. So I don't have to, it's all inbound leads. I don't have to chase as much anymore. And I actually have built my business in a way that the recurring revenue model is such that I don't actually need to take in any new clients at all. I'm pretty well covered each month to month, but I still do because I obviously like to grow and everything, but I'm not, it's, I don't have to rely on that feast or famine where I'm like chasing the next lead constantly, which is a big reason why I got into the recurring revenue model early on. So talk about that. What is your recurring revenue model and how did you grow it? Every single website you make has to be hosted somewhere. So when you have a client come, you build this beautiful website for them. It's amazing how many web designers just say, okay, thank you very much. Nice doing business with you and send them off on their way, get them the login. And that's that. There's so many elements to just maintaining it properly. You got to host it. You got to keep it updated. You got to keep it secure. And then some clients are like, I need to make regular edits with text and images, but I don't want to do it myself. So I was like, I offered services for all of this. I offer hosting, I offer managed, yeah, like basically managed WordPress hosting. I offer services where for a retainer, you get unlimited edits on the site. 
anytime you need a, a change, you just email me, text me, call me. It's done within uh, 24, 48 hours tops. And then I offer additional services. I offer SEO services as well, which centers around producing content because it's the exact same thing I did to grow my business, producing great quality content, jumps in the Google rankings, bring in leads. Because I did that with my business, I can put that on my page and be like, listen, here's the results I got. Here's what I can do for your page as well. So I have multiple different channels of recurring revenue, but I definitely got on that early. So I didn't have to chase new lead after new lead. Maybe talk a little bit about the range of some of your recurring business, like hosting costs this much, SEO costs this much, so that people have an idea of what it looks like. So I my hosting services cost $39 a month, and it's fully managed. Everything is regularly updated, backed up daily, always secure. Everything is hosted on my own dedicated server. So you're not on a server with thousands of other websites competing for resources. So everything is highly optimized for performance and speed, which is very important because as, as most of us know, Google is constantly prioritizing loading speeds and performance as the internet speeds around the world get faster. So that's my primary recurring model is through the hosting and managed hosting services basically. And then I offer an additional service for unlimited edits. And that one is more it's custom because I have, I basically do an estimate up front. They say, okay, I need two or three edits a month versus, oh, I need two or three edits a day. So I do a custom quote. So I have some clients where the retainer is a hundred bucks a month and I have others where it's 700. So it comes down to what their individual needs are. And then for my SEO services, I have three tiers uh, and it's all centered around content. So it's a blog post every week for all three tiers but each one, the blog posts are longer, more in depth, higher quality. So for the first tier, it's about, it's three, it's 400 a month for the first tier. I think it's 750 for the second tier and 950 for the third tier. And it basically comes down to 500 word blog posts, 1500 word blog posts, or 3000 plus where it's like authoritative content. Cause that's really what I believe SEO centers around is creating great quality content. Let's dive into SEO a little bit because I've not really had a guest that I've talked with about SEO. So I know you've mentioned a few things about creating content and the amount of content, a 1500 uh, word blog post versus a 3000 word blog post. But how have you found or what would you encourage somebody who is just getting started, doesn't have a website, is starting to become a web designer and wants to eventually rank in Google, what are the steps that it takes for them to get there? Practice and make, try to make a habit of writing every day, even if it's just a couple of sentences at first. Get into the habit of writing every day. Read a lot more. It helped me immensely reading more. It gave me way more. It developed my writing skills, but also gave me a lot more stories, illustrations, anecdotes, case studies that I can use in my writing. So I got better at storytelling, which is a crucial aspect of writing great content. Yeah. And obviously keyword research goes into it. And then don't be afraid to be like the keyword research for me almost always comes first because you need to have a clear objective of why you're writing the content and you need to find stuff that's less competitive. So it's easier to rank for, like, obviously everyone wants to rank for like how to build a website. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> like, it's going to take time to build the authority on your site before you can do that. But don't also don't underestimate the power of amazing content because I wrote a post about how to start a web design business in 24 hours. And it outranked like big companies like Shopify and GoDaddy within a few months. And 
I got, cause I got tons of great feedback on it and it was just, uh, it was unique. I looked at what the other posts that were out there and even though they were higher authority, they were boring. <laughs> like you can tell when content is made for SEO, it's made for keywords. It's just stuff with stuff. There's no interesting illustrate. Like all my illustrations are custom. I don't just use a cheesy stock photo. If I do a stock photo, I put something fun in there, like a speech bubble or like some cartoon or something. I make it as engaging as possible. Every single blog post I make it ha now has an accompanying YouTube video that's embedded into it and an accompanying podcast episode. So every single blog post you land on, you have a choice of either reading it, watching the video, or listening to the audio version of the podcast. And that itself dramatically increases the time on site, which Google loves, because when people land on your page, the longer they stay there, the more it shows Google, oh, they are getting answers to what they're looking for. So talk a little bit about keyword research, because I think probably a lot of people listening that might, they might be familiar with the term, but they haven't done a lot of keyword research into keyword research. Talk about your process with that. What does that look like for you? It comes down to a good SEO tool. I've been through a number of different ones over the years. Right now I'm using Ahrefs, which is amazing, but it's also it's recognized as basically the industry leader and it's priced as so for anyone that's first starting out, I think when I first started out, I was using uh, Mangools. What's the, I forget the, that's the company name, but I forget the brand of their SEO tool, but it was about 30 bucks a month. And I would encourage anyone. I know it's especially when you're first starting out, you don't have a lot of cash to, to invest in, in resources and tools, make an, a good SEO tool one of the first things you invest in. So if you manage to get a couple of website clients and you get some recurring revenue in, reinvest that revenue back into a good SEO tool. It will pay off dividends immensely, especially a good one because like you can always use free tools like uh, that Google offers, but they're just, they're a little more, they're not nearly as in depth and they're a little more complicated to use in some ways. A lot of the SEO tools really simplify things and basically be like, this is what you need to be writing content for. So I would definitely recommend investing in a good tool. So I use Ahrefs right now, and it helps me find decent size traffic, but low competition keywords. And that's what I center my content around. So if you could, if you had to go back and, and start from scratch, right? If you didn't have the blog posts that you have now, if you didn't have the SEO or the referrals, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently or what would you encourage somebody to do? For one thing, I would not use Weebly. And I actually detailed that. I, I put out a video about it, why I switched to Weebly from Weebly to WordPress. It's not, Weebly itself is still a good tool. Unfortunately, the platform, so they had a dedicated aspect of the platform specifically for web designers, which was really cool. That's what I started with. And what made that interesting is that it actually made it really easy to resell hosting services because you just host everything on Weebly's platform. They give you the discounted rate and you can charge your clients whatever rate you can come up with. So that was great. However, over the years, they completely neglected that aspect of the platform. It was actually embarrassingly bad. Like when Google first uh, required SSL certificates, they would start punishing sites that didn't have SSL. It took Weebly six months to add that to their platform for to the web designer platform. Wow. <laughs> so meanwhile, you have all your clients that are like, where I need a certificate. And like, this is, I'm like contacting them. What is the update here? This is such a simple thing, right. but it's crucial. So that was like the red flag for me. And I abandoned ship. I ended up rebuilding all of my sites off Weebly. I rebuilt them in WordPress. Wow. I had about 35 clients at the time and I rebuilt them all within a month into wow. WordPress. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. 
<laughs> so when was this switch? Oh, I want to say three years ago. Okay. About that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the best decision I ever made. And it was like nerve wracking because I was literally, because that's the downside of the website builders should mention this. You can't just export everything and import it easily into something open source like WordPress. You can export the con the content, like the images and copy, but the, the, because it's obviously built on a different platform, it's like trying to take a, an engine out of a Toyota Camry and put it directly into a Ferrari. It's just not going to fit. There's so many things that have to be changed. So I ended up basically having to rebuild the sites, but it got me really good with WordPress and Elementor. And so I was very excited to be able to offer this new, these, these new tools as my skills had progressed and advanced. So I guess in the short, don't go with Weebly. But other website builders are, are still good. And I would say, yeah, as soon as you can, try to work up the courage to just start producing content as best you can. Even if you're just doing it for yourself at first, that is the best way. Because I there's nothing better than having all these leads come in to you without any work. The investment up front is heavy for producing content. You won't see results for a long time. But once you do, it's a machine that's on that's automated. And I don't have to chase anybody now. I think we've gotten a lot of really great tips and ideas from you today. And and can't uh, thank you enough for coming and sharing your, your insight. So what's maybe one or two things that you would love to leave people with as far as becoming a web designer, building a web design business, or being a freelancer? There's never been a time, better time, to start in the web design industry. And I think as we're seeing our world changing very quickly with the COVID-19 pandemic. My leads basically dropped off for a month because people were holding onto their wallets. They weren't sure where this was going. Once this real, they realized this was going to be a long-term thing. I have more leads coming in the last two months than I've had in a year. Like it's just exploding. Web design is going to take off. People that neglected having a website for years are going to need one and very quickly just to keep their businesses alive. So many restaurants and mom and pop shops that were doing just fine without a, a website. Now they're stuck taking orders over the phone and they need to have a simpler process. So the faster you can get your skills good enough that you can help these businesses during these tough times, it, the opportunity has never been greater. So spend less time watching Netflix and more time <laughs> developing some skills. That's my recommendation. That's awesome. For people who are trying to find you, where can they go on the internet or whatever else you have as far as community? So I have the blog over at blog.rapidweblaunch.com. I have a podcast as well. We're doing a very similar thing to you, trying to help people that are very early on in their web design journey. It's called Launchers, Build a Successful Web Design Business. And then I'm also on YouTube, Rapid Web Launch. You'll find me. If you just Google Rapid Web Launch, that's another advantage of having such a weird name. <laughs> no one is going to come up with it. So when you Google it, all my stuff just pops up. There's no competition. Yeah. If you just Google Rapid Web Launch, you'll find all this stuff. And for everybody watching on YouTube, can you just show everybody a good shot of your mustache? Because I think it's epic. Oh, I'm going to have to move the mic out of the way for that. Yeah, there it is. Oh, I love it. So if you're just listening to this podcast, make sure that you go and watch out. the YouTube page as well. It's going gonna, it's gonna to rock your world. Hey, thanks again, Patrick, for being on the call today, man. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Wow, such great insight from Patrick. I hope that you've gotten just a ton of great ideas 
about how to dive into becoming a web designer or building your web design business to that next level that you are going after. I want to encourage you, listen to Patrick's podcast, Launchers. Go check him out. He's got a great community at his blog.rapidweblaunch.com. Dot com and I'm a part of it. I know that you should be a part of it too because I learned stuff there and I know that you can as well. Hey, I hope you're staying safe. I hope it's been a great week and I hope that you are going to stick around till next week when we interview another amazing guest. It's gonna be just as good as Patrick has been and I know that you're gonna benefit from it. Until then, appreciate you guys and remember, if you don't quit, you win. <laughs>